Welcome to Mihinte on Air on 100.5 and 790 News Radio WSGW and online WSGW.com. Now, here is your host, Larry Rodarte. Hello, this is Larry Rodarte coming at you in 2021. It sounds futuristic, doesn't it? Kind of like uh, the movie Back to the Future. And after such a tumultuous year, in 2020, we can only hope and pray that 2021 is going to be a lot better. So that is my prayer and my hope tonight. Today, we are in a new year, 2021, and I'm excited because we're going to celebrate this year an organization in our community that has been around for a long time. And although in 2020, the actual anniversary, milestone anniversary, was in 2020. We're going to have to celebrate it in 2021 due to the pandemic. And the organization I'm talking about is one that is dear to my heart, of course, and that is La Unión Cívica Mexicana. The Unión Cívica Mexicana was actually founded in 1944 in the fall, and it was under a different name uh, than what it is today, and it was called the Patriotic Committee in Spanish. And these men who came together on a house on 4th Street decided to form a civil rights organization in the city of Saginaw. And why would they do that? Well, there were a number of reasons because it, you got to remember in 1945, Saginaw was not the Saginaw that is today. And primarily the human rights that they advocated for for migrant workers in the fields was the main reason, along with many of our Mexican soldiers that came back from World War II were not treated as other American soldiers. So the men of that day, the leaders, if you will, came together on that house on 4th Street and put forth an organization that would fight for their civil rights. That was the main reason. Second reason was educational attainment for their youth because Mexican kids were getting behind in schools. And the third reason was to propagate the Mexican-Latino culture in our community. Because again, some of the kids that were assimilating into American life were forgetting their culture, their language, and possibly other cultural uh, aspects of their ethnicity that the older people wanted to make sure that they were going to retain that. And so they came up with these... Uh, events, especially celebrating the 16th of September every year, and that was to propagate that Mexican-Latino culture in our community and celebrate the contributions of Mexican people. So there's there's quite a bit of background in La Unión Cívica Mexicana because now we're celebrating 75 years of this organization. 
And I want to invite someone on our show who knows a little bit about some of the earlier days of the Union Civica Mexicana. We have royalty in the house today because Mary Hernandez Silvas was the queen of the Union Civica Mexicana, the 16th of September queen in 1965. So I want to welcome to Mi Gente on Air, Mrs. Mary Hernandez Silvas. Hello, Larry. Hi, Mary. How are you? Very good. Thank you. How'd you like that intro? I loved it. <laughs> Once a queen, always a queen, right? All right. Yes. Mary, in 1965, how old were you? I was um, 65. I was um, 16. 16? Um, yeah, 16, and I was going to be 17. So they said, oh, that's, young. that's, that's old enough. Well, oh. after, because uh -huh, there's a lady named Vicenta Vega. She asked my mom if I would like to run for Union Civica Queen. And uh, my mom eagerly said, yes, yes, she would love it. <laughs> she asked me, and I, I liked it, too. So, and, 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 can, you, can you kind of uh, look back and tell us what that meant to you at that time? Um when you experienced being the queen of the Civica? Yes, at that time. See, I started like in 1962 and 63 when I was like 13 years old. I was asked to join a dance group and that would perform for the Union Civica Mexicana Queens. And that was held in September 16th. And this man named Jesus Miramontes, he would pick me and my younger sister up. Mm -hmm. And he would pick us up from our home and he would take us to the Union Civica. And he'd, um, his daughter, Lupe Gomez, mm -hmm. Amita she would be the teacher of the dance group. So, you know, it was fun, him picking us up, and the girls got together and met more people. And, you know, we learned how to dance a Mexican dance for the, um, the event. When the event came, there was so much excitement. And a lot of people went. It was at the, held at the second auditorium on Washington Street. Right. And I just watched the queen pageant. I guess I fell in love with all the Mexican dresses, the queen in her court, and all dressed up and gowns. I had never seen that before, and I was really interested in that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I kept it up. So when they did ask my mom for if I could run for queen, I, you know, I did, I did say yes. And I was queen for um, 1965 to 1966. And and this this kind of was um, some of the heyday of the Civica, what we would known as the heyday, and and I want to I want to step back to something you said there about that it was the event for the 16th of September celebration was held at the Saginaw Auditorium, because um, as we know, I can remember the Saginaw Auditorium because that's where the uh, circus was always held, the Shriner Circus, when I was a little kid. And they, I remember those big velvet red curtains. Do you remember that when you yes. would walk into the building? So to have a celebration where there's pageantry and there's the queen crowning of the Union Civica, that must have been excited, exciting for you um, mm -hmm. as, as it was held there on the stage. But I, I want to make mention, uh, and this is an important point, 
that part of the reason why the men of the Union Civica, the founders, founded uh, the Civica was for fighting that civil rights because in Saginaw, men of color could not use the city auditorium in 1945. They couldn't step into the Saginaw Club. There was, you know, some real racial undertones in regard to the city and the governance. And I know that there is documentation that is still around stating to this fact that, you know, the city auditorium men of color could not use. So by 1965, 20 years into this organization, after fighting for these civil rights and writing letters to the city government, they actually were given the okay to finally use the city auditorium, but I'm not sure what year that happened. But in 1960, now remember, we're talking 1960 here, that's 60 years ago, that's when the Union Civica Mexicana Hall was built on Wadsworth. So when you're talking about going to the, the Civica to practice dances with Mr. Jesus Miramontes, he was taking you to the brand new Union Civica Hall. Do you mm-hmm. remember that, Mary? Yes, I remember it. And um, it wasn't as big as it is now. It was smaller, but we danced on the floor. Didn't have a, like a stage or anything up. And uh, we danced there, and it was, you know, actually too small for the in itself. That's why we had to go to the auditorium and perform there. Oh, okay. I see. And and can you tell me the process um, once they asked you to be queen or run for queen, I should say, uh, what was the actual process? Because I know that's different from today in the Union Civica and how they select their queen. Yes, it was very different. Place. We had to um, sell votes. They called them votes. They printed up some tickets. And the girls, there was like five of us. Five or six, it was a group, a group of um, the queen and her court at that time. And, you know, it was all a lot of fun. We would um, have to sell those votes, and they were five cents each. So we would go to the dances, which were held. Also, they had dances at the Saginaw Auditorium, and a lot of people were there. So the girls, we'd um, all split up. You know, all five of us would take one section, one section, one section, and we'd sell the votes, turn the money into Mrs. Vega. So the votes were like tickets that you they sold. Were mm-hmm. How many you 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 know that you sold? And how much did you say those were? Five cents. Five cents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine? And I'm sure that that money went towards uh, the treasury of the Union Civica yeah. in those yes, days. Can you tell me any uh, of the your fellow cohorts that were running for the Queen in those days? I remember. Yes, I remember uh, Ernestine, she's Benavides now, is Ernestine Villarreal. Um, and then I remember Marcy, I can't think of her last name, though. No. Jeez. Hmm. Well, we're talking um, 55 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and, and didn't you say uh, Kathy Rosas was running? Yes, Kathy Rosas and somebody named um, Dominguez. Mm. What about a Chapon? Not at, not at that time. On oh, Dolores was too. Dolores Miramontes. Oh, okay. Well, you know, you talk about the Miramontes name and Jesus Miramontes, who was actually one of the founders, one of the eleven men that uh, came forth. 
along with uh, Vicente Lopez and uh, uh, Manuel Herrera, Jose Vidias, uh, Mr. Refugio Gonzalez. Uh, these are just names off the top of my head that I'm remembering out of these 11 founders that um, were both fluent in Spanish and English. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the original documents of the Union Civica Mexicana were all written uh, by my grandfather in uh, kind of his calligraphy handwriting in Spanish. And mm-hmm. we still have those records today. And I know that Michigan State University, at one point, the Cesar Chavez uh, Library wanted those documents and um, offered us, I think, quite a quite a nice, handsome uh, amount of money. But um, we turned it down because we're trying to figure out how we can display that, possibly that information in those documents in an exhibit in the future at the Castle Museum because the contributions of the Union Civica has been huge. They became the leading organization at the time, um, and I would say even so today for the Mexican people. And w- tell me, Mary, would you say that every Latino has been touched by the Union Civica in Saginaw, oh, whether yeah. they know it or not? <laughs> yes, I believe so. And, you know, especially now, like when we have the new queens coming in, Mm-hmm. It's entirely different, and we have just beautiful, wonderful women, you know, that apply for the for the queen. And mm-hmm. I am very, you know, very very happy about these individuals. They're intelligent and educated. And you remember, at one time we had eighteen applicants, and we had narrowed it down. So, you know, it's you hear about it, and I really like that the young people are learning more about it. You know, and I wish more and more young people would join as members. Yes, yes. And, and today, the, the Queen Committee, which I know you have been on there as well as Teresa Gomez, who was also uh, the Civica Queen in 1975, they go through quite an application process uh, mm-hmm. for the Queen. Can you tell us about that? Yes, we uh, have a point system that we go by. We ask uh, questions, you know, and they um, we ju- they judge on that, and also they have to send in like a something about themselves, some paper, resumes, and their you know their um, school, their school grades. So it's a quit. It's a pretty thorough process. It's it's not just selling tickets like in your day, <laughs> <laughs> five cent <true>. tickets. <laughs> yes. And, and and like you said, at one time uh, we had eighteen contestants that had applied and we had to narrow that down quite a bit um right. to i think five that were running yeah five or six i think it was mm-hmm. that year. and then uh we narrow that down to the queen herself and the runner-up in her court so mm-hmm. it's it's quite it's quite a nice process and one of the highlights of being the queen of the civica is that there is for the queen a thousand dollar scholarship that goes to her educational endeavors and we also have uh, scholarships for the runners-up. And it's really nice to be able to, to still honor one of the reasons why they founded the Civica, and that is with the educational attainment for these young ladies and giving them that scholarship money that actually goes straight to the universities that they're studying in and helping them uh, to graduate. Yes, 
at the university level. So that's really nice, and, that, and that's been a great contribution that we have put forth for the last 10 years at the Union Civica Mexicana. Mary, can you tell me a little bit about any of the people that were involved with the Civica in that heyday when in 1965? Any any names that come to memory outside of Mr. Jesus Miramontes? Well, Vicenta Vega and her husband. Um, let me think, who else? So Vicente Vega was a female. She was a female, Vicenta. Okay, because mm-hmm. usually it's Vicente, but her name was mm-hmm. Vicenta. Mm-hmm. There was somebody else. Oh, Mrs. Roses. She also helped with the Queen. Mm-hmm. Was that, uh, that Rita Roses? Yes, Rita Roses. Oh, I didn't know she was involved. That, that's my aunt. Yeah, that's the only... Um, that would be Helen's and Kathy's mother, correct? Yes. yes. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's neat yeah, because, uh, you know, we sometimes, that history gets lost. And that's why I think it's important to talk about this organization today in 2021 because, wow, that even sounds funny, 2021, but here we are. But it's important to talk about these organizations because sometimes it falls through the cracks um, in terms of the history of uh, organization that has catered to the Mexican people of Saginaw. And it's nice to know that here we are on WSGW in 2021 talking about these this organization and it, I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong but I think you might feel the same way Mary I feel like oh, we've yes. come a, come a long way <laughs> you yes, know we have yeah. I'm very proud of the Union Chibica. yes and and Mary is one individual who along with her husband Lupe Silva um, who has really been involved volunteering and you know, being the backbone uh, of the Union Civica Mexicana for the last, what, six, seven years since you moved back mm. from Texas? Yes. And how, how do you feel about that? What what makes someone like you, who was a past queen in 1965, is young at heart, right, and young in age, I can say that, at 70 oh, yeah. years, what makes you be so involved with this organization? Well, we like helping. We really like helping, and we like it to grow. We like to be, you know, helping the community, and we love it when other people come, when new people come. You know, it's kind of alive because it becomes alive, and we like to join it. We like to be there. Yeah, and and you know, it's something when we have young people who come to the Civica, and we dig a little bit about their heritage and their ancestral uh, uh, genetic codes of their of their their grandparents and we find out that they were actually really involved or they were a founder um of the civic i remember do you remember mary when marie gonzalez came to the civica to run for queen um and her grandfather refugio gonzalez was actually a founder and i remember giving her a little bit of of information through the 50th anniversary celebration book and um, to see that connection, I think, really made her a stronghold for the organization as well, especially once she became queen. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes, I do. And so I it think it's kind of really nice. awesome to see that those 
children, what I call children of the Sivika, they come back and they know their lineage and, and the line of succession, if you will, of founders to people today who are still keeping this nonprofit organization alive. Right. I have my uh, my little granddaughter. Well, she's getting she's graduating this year. She um, just can't wait. She said, I'm going to work for Queen Grandma. And she's always helping make patitos and, you know, Cinco de Mayo, she's always helping us. Okay, so let, let's talk about that. Let's uh-huh. talk about Cinco de Mayo. In 1980, Cruz Diaz and Jack Diaz, well, actually, Cruz, she wasn't Diaz yet. Um, she met uh, Jack Diaz. Um as she was advocating to have a parade in our community that celebrated Mexican contributions. And some have said through the years, well, why don't they celebrate the 16th of September? Because truly, that is the Independent Day, Independence Day of Mexico. But I think Cruz had it in her mind to celebrate a parade uh, when there was better weather than, say, in September, and they came up with the idea of Cinco de Mayo, which is a celebration of a battle in Puebla, Mexico. This one battle, which is um, the French came in and they tried to overthrow uh, the ill-equipped Mexican army. And the army of Mexico actually won that battle. And so it's, a, it's kind of a celebration of pride. And uh, it's only celebrated really in Puebla, Mexico, yet... Here in America, Cinco de Mayo is celebrated immensely, much more so than in Mexico, the country. And it's become commercialized. But we at the Union Civica Mexicana have kind of centered on the idea of having the celebration with the cornerstone of it being the parade. And do you remember the parade, Mary, from 1980s and the 90s? Mm, Yes, I do. I remember the first parade. I remember the Damas. My mom was president of the Damas at that time. They had um, a parade. They in it. Everybody was so excited. There was going to be a parade. And right behind them, they were walking, holding the flags for the St. Joseph Church. Right behind them, she said, was a big hat. And I remember it was a Mexican hat. Somebody made a big hat. Put a it sombrero. A car. Yeah, a sombrero. And it was awesome. I remember the Damas kept... You're too close to us. You're going to run us over as <laughs> you walk by. Wow. But that was really nice. Yeah, and I, I actually parade. remember that, Mary. Um, I didn't know you at the time, but I do remember that parade because I was also in it as a, a 16-year-old uh, representing uh, Rodarty Builders with my father driving his El Camino and me and two of my buddies on the back of the El Camino playing guitars, acting like we were singing and uh, <laughs> celebrating our contributions. So... We're going to go on break, Mary, and we got a lot more to talk about, about Union Civica Mexicana. And uh, I want to thank you for being with us, and we're going to talk more about the organization that has an effect on every Latino in the city of Saginaw. We'll be back. This is Mijenta On Air on WSGW.
mira nomás, que es esa cosita, yo no sé. This is Mijenta On Air on WSGW. Good evening and welcome back to Mijenta On Air. I'm your host, Larry Rodarte, and I am coming to you from the studios of WSGW in the year of our Lord, 2021. Can you believe that? And we're talking today, Unión Cívica Mexicana, the organization in the city of Saginaw that it was founded in 1945. So we're celebrating 75 years Actually, we were supposed to celebrate 75 years in 2020, but because of the pandemic, we are in 2021, hopefully going to have a big celebration with a dance at the hall where it's going to be filled to the rafters because everybody is telling me they want to dance. They want to celebrate once we get out of this pandemic. I know it's going to be the dance of all dances. But today we're talking with another individual who has been a part of the Union Civica Mexicana because her grandfather was very involved, and his name was Alfonso Riz. And Alfonso Riz, although he wasn't a founder, was involved very, uh, very early on in the organization's history. And this individual, this man, he was a great speaker, and would get up at the stage at the auditorium before they actually had the hall, and he would command, if you will, in a nice, generous way, the people of the Union Civica Mexicana. So I want to bring in today his granddaughter, Miss Ana Sanchez. Ana, are you with yes. us? Hi, Larry. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. And your grandfather, Alfonso Riz, can you tell me a little bit about why your family calls him Prieto? I'm sorry, could you repeat the question, please? I said, can you tell me why your family calls him Prieto? Well, as far as I know, it was it was because of uh, his uh, he was very dark complected, quite frankly, <laughs> because he you know worked out in the fields um, and was always outside in the sun, and so that's why we called him Prieto. I see. And do you remember him and his involvement with the Civica? Oh yeah, because we would um, as a family. Uh, you know, my mom was always involved, too, but any time there was an event at the Civica, we were always there. Um, we were participating even on the, the day that, um, well, candidate Carter came to town, and uh, we were just always there. I just remember being there for whatever occasion or whatever event came up. So Yeah, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about that. One of the significant memorable days of the Civica was in 1979 on September the 16th when candidate Jimmy Carter came to 2715 Wadsworth to talk to the nation via radio to uh, the American citizens about his candidacy for president. Do you remember that day, Anna? Oh, well, I remember there being a lot of people over there. Um, well, in 76, even in the 70s, I was in high school by then I was probably a freshman and I remember and I wish I had it now but all of us kids we were wearing the the Viva Carter green sweatshirts that had the big peanut on it oh. <laughs> I wish I still had it <laughs> wow yeah that would be a great uh, a great uh, paraphernalia piece for an exhibit that I plan on having at the Castle Museum 
maybe in 2021, 2022. Right. And, and Carter came, and there's pictures from the Saginaw News where he is sitting with uh, the president of the Civica, and they're surrounded by um, Secret Service individuals. Have you had you ever seen anything so grand as a candidate coming to the Civica in those days? Well, you know, I hadn't. And the, the thing is, you know, when you're that age, you don't really, um, I don't think you really have an appreciation for it until later. And I mean, and, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm gloating, but, you know, my mom was really involved, too. And that was the first occasion we saw Secret Service. I mean, we might have seen them on TV, but didn't really know who they were. But then later on, you know, we had Secret Service people at our house because we had, my mom was going to be on stage with, with uh, even uh, Ted Kennedy. And so it, it started actually being a cop- topic of conversation in my um government class in high school i said oh yeah we had secret service oh yeah and it's like people look at me like what and i wish i had the appreciation for it then but i did understand though that my dad my grandpa must have been somebody important because there he was on the stage talking uh to carter and presenting him with a sombrero and uh my grandfather was always considered to be quite the orator, you know, as you were saying in your in your intro that he was always such a had a demanding a, a demanding voice. And he, if I remember the conversations I heard uh, from my mom and everybody else, is that he was actually even asked to speak at funerals because he was such a fantastic speaker and orator, um, and he had such a command of history. But it, that day itself, though, it, it was. It was like um it was almost you know when president came to town it was almost like a like a I would liken it to a, a rock star coming because everybody was there everybody was taking pictures uh everybody was cheering and you know I don't remember anybody saying hey when he shows up cheer everybody just did and um and having conversations with my mom over the over the topics of you know cuz we look at pictures and things is you know my grandfather at the time was the chairperson of the um, committee of, for the 16th of September. And so what happened was Hank Lacayo with the UAW at the time and Hispanic leadership, national leadership, um, wanted to find that they were coming to Michigan with the Carter campaign and Jim, President Carter, oh, I'm going to call him President Carter now, but candidate Carter at the time really wanted to meet with Hispanics on September 16th. He really, you know, to celebrate that holiday. And he really wanted to make an effort. So in doing that, um, you know, all the parties got together, and that's how he came to the Civica. Yeah, and you know what's funny? When you're saying that, and I'm hearing you, the excitement that you have in your voice is still there. And you've got to remember that in 1979, I don't believe that we even had the term Hispanic yet until uh, the census in 1980. And it may have been thought of, the Hispanic terminology, but you were probably in those days referring to the Mexican people as Mexicanos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of uh, funny how things change through the years or whatever, but still to this day, that, that visit from Jimmy Carter goes down in history as probably one of the most important of the Unión Civica Mexicana because that event drew in money somehow. And I don't, and maybe you might know, or maybe your mother would know, where did that money come from? that um, they put forth that money to do an extension on the hall in 1980 
20 years after it was built, that building, and it is the Union Civica Mexicana Hall that we see today. Mm -hmm. And that money from the Carter visit is what gave the organization the funds to put on that uh, extension. Do you know anything about that? No, I don't, but just knowing that what happens in campaigns now is that the the campaign itself probably paid some sort of a, um, a, 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 a fee to the organization where they were going to speak. Like even today, uh, a candidate would have to pay for security, have to pay for, you know, police, would have to pay for this, this, and that. And so I'm going to guess that maybe some of that money, you know, seed money probably came from the Carter campaign. Mm-hmm. And then probably anybody else who thought, well, Jesus, if you guys really get, is really something, let's just donate to him. So it probably just put a Civica in a more positive light, and neighborhood people probably just donated. I'm going to guess. I mean, that would be what I would think of at the time. Yeah, and, and do you remember on uh, media in 1979 when Jimmy Carter said, my name is Jimmy Carter, and I'm running for president. Do you remember that? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I'm telling you, it's, it's just I wish I wish I had understood the the, the excitement of all, of all that at the time. I mean, we've been I, I can't even tell you. Um, I think as far as when I was in third grade, my mother would go to uh, Democratic headquarters and get pa- campaign literature. She'd bring it to the house, and we'd all of us kids would sit in the in a row, and we'd put it all together. Then we'd walk the neighborhood and pass it out. I, mean, I really can't. I really can't think back far enough where my family as a whole was involved in political action of some sort or another. And of course, you know that started with my with my grandparents, uh, my 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 grandpa Prieto and his wife, my my grandma um, Maria Ruiz. Uh, back when they were still in Texas, I mean, they were working and they were involved in the pecan union. So, I mean, it, it was just um, for me, it was just a, a, a well that that explains it. Life. <laughs> that explains it right there, Anna. They were involved with the pecan union, right. and then they uh, welcomed the president who has a peanut farm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I've actually put those. You never together. made that connection, huh? <laughs> I don't think I put those two together, Larry, but right, you're right. <laughs> right, and leave it to me to do that. But, you know, what was really memorable about that day was the moment that they put a sombrero on Jimmy Carter's head. Yes. And the yes. Saginaw News captured that moment with him grinning from ear to ear. And we as a people, I think we're so proud that he was here at the the Union Civica Mexicana in the city of Saginaw, and he was the leading Democratic candidate yes. for president of the United States. And I'm not sure you know, but uh, my dad was there, and he took family video of the whole thing. Okay, where is it? I know, but, but it, 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 I think it's actually, I think we actually went from 8 millimeter to VHS, and it, I don't know if it's on, on, on CDs yet or not, but, you know, back at the time, though, there was no, there was no volume, and there was no, um, there was no voice to it, it was just. You know, yeah. Film. Well, so. I'm going to make an appointment uh, to go over to your house, even during the <laughs> pandemic, and I'm going to look through all your mom's closets and boxes, and I'm going to find that. Oh, video. well, I, I think I know what it is. I just, I just don't. I, I'm not exactly sure what the final product was. Whether I know it went from eight millimeter to VHS at one point. Uh, one of my uncles did that for us. Now I don't know if it ever went from VHS to um, CD, but yeah. I'll look for it. I'll look for it. One of the highlights within your family as well, and we're talking uh, about the Reese family, 
uh, was that your mother, which you did not introduce, but her name is uh, Maria Elena Reese. She actually was queen in what year? Do you recall? Oh, my gosh. No, way before I was born. I yell out to her right now, but she's waiting at the front door for something. <laughs> I believe it's 1956. Yeah, it could be. And yeah. Maria Elena Reese was the queen, and she probably, like Mary uh, Hernandez, had to sell tickets in order to be queen. But we have the pictures of these young ladies who came forth to represent and be the face of the Union Civica for the 16th of September. And later, uh, during most of the parades that we would have, they have their own float. And they come down either Washington or Michigan Avenue. And they are in also like the pride parades. And one of the reasons why they founded, as I said in the beginning of the program, this organization you know, was really to bring forth the Mexican-Latino culture as some of the young people were forgetting uh, their language as well as the customs and the traditions. Ana, you as somebody who is involved with the Union Civica today, you go to the Civica, you buy the menudo or the patitos, or you have participated uh, in Dia de los Muertos brunch. What does it feel like for you after all these years to be there and involved at the Civica? Well, you know, I, I have said this to my sister who lives in California right now, and I say, you know, I, said, I, can't, I can't hardly believe it. I said, this organization, this building, this building's been here. I said, I walk in, and it doesn't seem new to me. It just seems like somewhere I've been going for so long. And quite frankly, Larry, I've told, I've told people, I said, someone's got to do something for, that, for Larry. I said, he works so hard on, behind, on behalf of the Civica. I said, I, I really do think that if it wasn't for you, I said, I'm not even sure, you know, how strong it would be going today. I mean, you've done, and I know this is what you, this isn't exactly what you asked me about, but I'm just glad somebody is still keeping it up as, as strong as you are because, you know, before the pandemic, I mean, you had started the music again. You had started the dances again. Uh, hundreds of people were coming. I mean, it wasn't just the food. It was the excitement. It was the interaction with the community. And, you know, when I go there today, I'm thinking, wow, you know, the, I, you know, I didn't live in Pontiac. I didn't live here in Saginaw for many years. When I was teaching, I lived in Pontiac. But when I came back in 2012, I, you know, I started you know, seeing how, how vibrant it was becoming again. And I say again because I wasn't aware before 2012 because I wasn't living here. But um, I was just always so glad that, that it was still going because it is vital to the community and it, it has a place. And I'll tell you a short little story. Well, I don't know how short it is. But I was actually at a store before Christmas, and I was buying some food, and I was talking to the cashier, and he was Hispanic, and he was talking about, oh, he's just home for Christmas for the holidays because he's in college. He goes, oh, my mom is making me some patitos. I said, well, I'm making some mole. He goes, I said, you really like the patitos? And I told him, go to the Civica. They got them every Thursday and Friday. He <laughs> goes, you've got to be kidding. I said, no. And he goes, really? He goes, I love those things. I said, well, yeah, they've been selling now for at least a month or two. I said, you got to go over there and, and participate because they, you know, they could, yeah. Just go over there. So I don't know if he's come or not, but <laughs> yeah, so you know, it was just nice to be able to, in 2020, still talk about the Civica. Well, thank you so much for those kind words. And uh, it's really something to me, as we have cooked there now for about 10 years in the Civica kitchen. And the patitos, which are 
to our uh, our listening audience are the deep fried tacos that were made popular by the restaurant El Gaito uh, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And those patitos have really been a cash cow for us mm-hmm. at the Civica to pay all the bills you know that we have there to keep that hall running. But what's amazing to me every week is the people that are coming to the north side to the Union Civica Mexicana. I'm talking all walks of life. I'm talking people from Sanford, from Linwood, from West Branch, from down in the Flint area, from Lansing. We even had somebody come from Ypsilanti that is from Saginaw originally, uh, lives over there, but comes all that way just for patitos. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to have that kind of traffic coming in and out on Thursdays and Fridays, although we're, we only have the drive-through service right now because of the pandemic. Right. That really speaks volumes to what the Union Civica Mexicana is doing in terms of honoring those original founders and what they put forth to make sure that there was an organization that promoted their Mexican Latino culture. And I can't think of any other way to celebrate your culture than through your culinary foods. Well, Would you agree? And, yeah, I do. And um, I, I did want to say something about my grandpa is that, um, you know, he was involved in the Pecan Union over in Texas. And I think it'd be interesting to see how many members back in the day that were union people that their sons and daughters carried on that type of work, too, because, you know, the the, the Union Civica, I mean, they were, Union Union is more than just, the labor union is just more than just being united in the community. It's all of it. And I sit here and sometimes I, I, um, I again, I, I don't know, I think I've told you this, that um, I, was the, I was a director. On the, on the, I was on the board of directors for the National Education Association. And when I ran, somebody said, well, what's your, what's your um, campaign slogan? I said, I don't have one. I said, I'm just telling it the way it is. I said, you know, I, this is who I am. I, I'm a strong union member. I'm a, I'm a Hispanic. I said, you know, when I was born, I tell people, I said, I was, you were born with the union label on my butt. I said, <laughs> we didn't buy things if there was a boycott with uh, the farm workers. We'd, and all this came from my, my grandpa, my grandpa, and then my, my, my grandma, and then my mom and my dad, and, and then to us. I mean, there was days I, I sat, we sat in the kitchen, I'm like, well, what are we eating today? We can't have lettuce, we can't have grapes, we can't have nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah because of Cesar Chavez, right, and that, yeah, and that yeah, boycott. But, but it's the union, it's, it's, it's being able to work united for a, a purpose, and, and, that, and I'm getting goosebumps right now, because that drive came from, you know, the people back then, like my grandpa, and then my mom, and like I said, my dad, and, and it just... Um, it's just you, you got united for a reason, whether it was a community, whether it was the race, whether it was an issue, whether it was a cause. We got united, and Union Civica was always a big part of that. I mean, if you, even today, if you want to be at the table, you have to get involved. If you want to be making decisions, you have to get involved. You can't just sit there and, 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 and say bad things and say, well, what did you do for it? What, what, what effort did you put towards the cause? You got to do it yourself. You got to get in there. You got to get involved. One uh, one side or the other of the issue. You just got to get involved. Right. So, and that's one thing I think the the Union Civica has always been strong on. I mean, 
Um, and I know it, it, even even going back to this election, there was a voters booth over there. I mean, there was there was a drop box there. Would it, wouldn't your grandfather have been proud of that? Yeah, I mean, the city wouldn't have put it there if they didn't think people came there. I mean, quite frankly, they weren't going to put it up in no man's land. They put it somewhere where they knew people were coming. Right. So, I mean, that that I mean, most people wouldn't even think twice about that. But I thought of that. I said, well, you know, I said, why would they put it here? I said, well, I know why. People are coming. Right. For the patitos. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's funny because when I hear you talking, and I remember when we honored your grandfather at the Adelante Awards, Mm -hmm. I think two or three years ago, he got the the Saginaw Hispanic Hall of Fame uh, Award. And the influence that he had on you and your brothers and sisters and your your cousins, and uh, it was was really something to see that when you walked up on that stage and you talked to the, the crowd, you said... That there's election coming up this Tuesday, and Prieto, as you said, your mm-hmm. grandfather, he would want you to get make sure you got out there and vote. So to Prieto, there, I did it. And uh, you know, it, yeah, how right. long has he been gone? And you're still pushing that that the union and the vote in your That's lifetime. Right. That's right. Oh, you have to be involved. You can't just sit on the sidelines. You have to be involved. And so, in order to make a in order to make a, a change, and even the slightest change. You know, it all starts small, but then you, you get together with another person, and then you start making bigger changes, and then bigger changes yet. That ripple effect. Yeah, I mean, here in our family, we've had uh, union reps, you know, building reps in, within the teacher ranks. Um, my brother Louie, he's been on a negotiations team in, for the UAW, you know, local, not, not the national. But uh, Maria, my sister, she's been a rep. I mean, I've been a building rep in a in a. Uh, president of the Pontiac Teachers Association and on the board of directors for MEA and NEA. I mean, it, it just it just keeps going. I mean, yeah. um, my cousin Richard, I believe he was a building rep. And uh, so it's just, you know, even the, the generations now, they're still staying involved. You have to. And, you know, last year when uh, the UAW went on strike there at uh, the Gray Iron Plant, um, and it was it was across the nation. It wasn't just here in Saginaw, but the UAW local 668 was picketing in front of uh, the first Ward Community Center there on Washington. And I saw them out there picketing. And a cousin of mine was in contact with the president, Tony Mann. And uh, I went out there with my uh, crew with Tony, and I went out there with Lupe Silvas and. Um, we went and took them trays of patitos so that those uh, strikers could actually eat. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, people were in support in the Union Civica Mexicana, like you said, the Union Civica. They were completely in support of those strikers with the UAW Local 668. And a year later, after that strike, it was Tony Mann, the president, when we put a call out that we needed funding to help buy. Lupe, uh, lawnmower. It was the union local 668 that came through and helped us purchase that beautiful lawnmower that was like $3,000. So, you know, it goes hand in hand in the union and the Union Civica Mexicana. We got to stick together. And it's, and it's exactly what you're saying there about your experience and your family being involved so much with the union. So kudos to you guys and kudos uh, to your mother, your grandfather, 
uh, your aunt, all of you who through the years have been involved with the Union Civica Americana and yourself for coming and buying Menudo because I, I know you love our Menudo there. <laughs> and I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. And uh, I wish that all of our ancestors like your, like Prieto and like my grandfather, Jose Vidias, could see us today in what this organization means to the community 75 years after they they helped build it and found it. And one of the things, Anna, if you remember, in the early days when they started, it was only the men that were involved. Yes. And now today, here we are, we're cooking at the Civica Weekly, but it was those founding women, the wives of the founders that said, if you don't allow us to, to be members, we are not going to cook for you. <laughs> Isn't that something? And so they, they had to allow they, they had to allow the women to be a part of it. So as we wrap up, Anna, any final words? We've got one minute here and we're closing up the show. Our first show in 2021. Tell me what you feel about the Union Civica today. Well, I think it's a it's a vibrant community center. I, I believe that it's gonna continue for years and years. Um, in a, and also in after COVID, I hope we were able to um, renew the Civica with a, a membership drive uh, and hopefully with the new radio station and your program that uh, we can get the word out and, you know, come register as a member, come pay your dues and and be be participating in the in the meetings even and and help out with with the with the concessions the and with the whatever's food. going on at, at the time because only together can we keep the Civica going on even another 40, 50 years. Yes. So, so uh, together we say... By, by yourself. Together we say, Yana, Viva la Union Civica Mexicana. Viva. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for being with us, Ana. And thank you for listening to Mi Gente on Air. See you next week. <laughs>